0: love for all you need to know about your next winner uh, thoroughbred news racing replays previews profiles learn how to be an owner all of that stuff well this bloke doesn't know how need to know how to learn to be an owner it's probably not too much they need to learn to do around uh, equine although they would always be learning because that's the sort of people they are at Waikato stud we've got Mark Chittick on the line Mark morning to you weather and track conditions wherever you are
1: Yeah, no, very fine day here. We're still down on the South Island. um, Beautiful blue skies. Um, Yeah, but just sort of last couple of days of our little South Island sojourn and and heading back uh, north on Monday.
0: You've been shredding a bit of pow, have you? Yeah, we've been sort of doing our
1: best, you know, like just talking about this weather. It's great to hear you guys talk about spring because um, that's certainly something to look forward to. You know, the weather we've been getting up north and, that is just quite incredible, and then you know we've had it. We've had a bit of time down here, and you know they're really, really lacking snow. It's um, it's quite interesting, really. But uh, certainly we're we're up there yesterday, and we had a really enjoyable day. You know there was a hell of a buzz going around. Um, seemed that seemed the whole country, certainly the racing fraternity, and you know, look, I, after the after the announcement of I wish I win, we had contacts. I, I had contacts. You know, old mates from school, and people within the industry, people from outside of the industry, just absolutely fizzing, um, you know, what New Zealand's got ahead of us with, uh, I wish I went heading towards the Everest.
0: Mark, for our listeners this morning who have just joined us and maybe haven't caught up with the news, can you give us the the full rundown and the process that you've been through to be able to get this across the line?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose it sort of, it really sort of started, really in his last campaign, you know, before that, after the Golden Eagle, Moods. Peter Moody, you know, said to me, he said, "You might think I'm mad, but I wouldn't mind having a crack at sprinting him." And and I said, "I don't, I don't think you're mad at all." After the way that he quickened in the in the um, in the um, Golden Eagle, you know. So then, you know, we kicked off in the in the Lightning, and his exact words that morning of the race, where this is just the trial, it'll all it'll all be over and done with before he gets going, sort of thing. But we've got to start somewhere, you know. And he got he got beaten by an inch. Then into the uh, then into the new market, you know, and the conditions um, the conditions weren't so ideal with him, for him with the weight for age, you know. And he ran third, a very mer- meritable third, five kilos. He gave five kilos to the winners and three and a half kilos to the second horse, you know. So it was a, it was a really good run, and then obviously into the T J Smith handicap conditions, best sprinters in Australia, you know, and, and he and he smashed them. So. Leading on from there, obviously it's like you know there's a there's a pretty lucrative race there and um <laughs> in uh, october uh, we're going to have a crack at this and and then so yeah, the last couple of months has been pretty intense really because first of all, we've had to go through this process of learning how the everest works with the slot holders and obviously the call it the you know the horse owners or the potential the potential runner so yeah as I say, that's been pretty intense and then I, I we've probably we've we've been in discussions over that time with no less than half a dozen block holders, um, and you know like it's been a good process. It's been it's been a learning process, um, and uh, you know going through that process as as we all know, Baz McCullum, McCullum knows better than any of us. Every now and again, you've got to keep an eye on those Aussies, you know. So when <laughs> the, um, <laughs> when these, this opportunity came along, that was mentioned to us um, a few weeks ago, that there might be the opportunity for you know for a call of New Zealand enterprise, and obviously one that is a you know a massive part of our industry here in New Zealand. Well, it was right. Let's just sit tight and see whether this can happen. And as it unfolded, and and you know, Entain and uh, Trackside and that they've been they've been fantastic to work with and deal with. And um, you know we sort of put everything on hold until they were a hundred percent sure that they were going to be a slot holder, and then uh, yeah, then we went about then we went about getting into partnership. And um, you know, as I say, it's been a smooth process, but it's a process. It was a it was it's a strategic move for the owners. You know, the horse in New Zealand. You know, Entain obviously um, come in as a as a massive part of our industry. It's an industry that we all love and are incredibly proud of. And as I've said a couple of times over the last couple of days, you know, we've, we've produced many, you know, heroes, many champions, whether it be horse and, or human, out of our out of our industry. So, you know, all jokes aside, the whole industry, as I say, horse or human, we're very, very good at it, I believe, and um, we punch way above our weight worldwide. And so, to so to have Entain involved in the New Zealand industry, and then, and then trackside New Zealand owning a slot in the Everest. And I wish I win being the horse that we're in, call it in partnership um, for this incredible, you know, highest, highest, um, highest stakes sprinting race in the world. And just when you just say that, you know, like it's once again, it's something that the country can be incredibly proud of as we are.
0: It's really interesting, Mark, hearing you talk about where the the Everest sits in the kind of racing landscape. Because it's a new-ish race doesn't mean it's not got the eyeballs of the attention or the respect of the, the w- racing world. And we've just seen Royal Ascot. Um, obviously, we know what the Japan, Japanese racehorses can do. We know what the Melbourne Carnival looks like at that time of year. But at the Everest last year, the race has really grown to be a staple of the world global racing calendar. So to have a horse in a New Zealand jacket going around for New Zealand in a New Zealand slot... I, I do not think we can overstate how Kiwi this is going to be. And it, it really does have a chance, win, lose or draw, George said to me yesterday, you know, it, it actually has a chance to put New Zealand racing at the forefront of everybody's minds again, even though it's trained out of an Australian barn, which is a little bit of a quirk, but it, it doesn't even matter. That doesn't even come into it. It just feels so Kiwi.
1: No, you, you, you're dead right there, Louis. And, you, you know, we've, we've got a. You know, we've got a very proud history of our, of our stayers and our Melbourne Cup history, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and we're renowned for our stayers. Right at the moment, you know, we've got two of the best sprinters that have been bred in New Zealand and Lucky Swayness and I Wish I Win um, that, that that have come out of New Zealand, you know? So um, we I, I don't believe we can be pigeonholed as as stayer, staying producers. We're very good at that, but at the end of the day, I just think, you know, New Zealand... We we have there's no doubt about it, we have an advantage with the conditions and the environment that we rear these horses in and you know the whole people are pretty aware of the whole background story of of, of um I wish I win and how he was born, et cetera, et cetera, And he is he is a horse that has been reared totally naturally in New Zealand conditions. And you know, you take him going into the into the golden eagle and winning the golden eagle the conditions for entry for that race was, was to be a four year old. You know, there's something like between New Zealand and Australia and Australasia there's something like fifteen or twenty thousand foals born a year. So four years four years ago there was, you know, seventeen and a half thousand or whatever it is, foals born in Australasia. They all they all had a chance of running the golden eagle and a Kiwi horse that that, that has been born, you know, bred born here raised here under these natural conditions has gone o- gone over and and won the golden eagle you know so and now as you say going into the into one of the best sprinting races in the world so another thing we've you know learnt that's it's, you know this whole build-up we're now 98 days leading into the into into the everest and you know we've been made aware of of, of let's say everything that goes on leading into it but certainly in that last week you know the they, we've been told you just have to be at the barrier draw because, you know, like I think it was last year the year before, the the, the, the barrier draw was um, beamed, you know, in a light show onto the side of the, the Sydney Opera House. And another another year it was someone out of a helicopter that brought the numbers down or something like that. You know, like it's just freakish yeah. what they do. And then, <laughs> then it goes into the Everest ball and two nights later and all this sort of thing. So it's a massive,
0: massive occasion. It must be an um, unbelievably surreal feeling for you, knowing that you're going to be standing up there awaiting your chance for such a a big divvy, knowing that four years ago this horse was probably the last horse when they were born that you would have thought with his confirmation that you were going to be racing in an Everest. I said to Louie before it would be a remarkable headline from Forrest Gump to Everest winner.
1: Yeah, it certainly would, and you know when he when he started to perform in Australia last year, and you know a few interviews were going on, and and you know one of the papers said, "What did you do earlier on to to help this horse?" You know, and and, and this foal, nice and I said, "Well, we put him behind a hedge so no one could see him," and that was the headline. <laughs> that, you know, that was the headline on the paper the next day. So, so uh, like it just goes to show, you know, when you are breeders, you get what you're given, and. Oh, I've said a couple of times, you know, it'd be interesting. Um, you know, obviously we have incredible support there at Waikato start as Savabil, um does, and you know he stands at a, he stands at a hundred thousand if you if you're not one of the shareholders. And what would have been interesting if one of our good clients had put a nice mare to to Savabil and had been given that foal the next year, how how we would have how we would have handled it. I mean, obviously under our circumstances as I say, we, we, we're shareholders in the horse, we, we, we're, we're is Waikato studs, so we've been given this foal, but if someone had paid it, and, you know, there's live foal guarantees and we want all of our clients to be happy um, and we like looking after everybody that supports us, it would have been interesting as to what mm. track would have been taken, and we'll never know um, but, you know, under our circumstances I would, have, I would imagine we would have been putting the mare back in foal because for them, um, under a live foal guarantee situation, because you know, would this horse ever make the racetrack? Well, here he is now. You know, one of the favourites for the for the big sprinting race. Ah,
0: oh, crazy! And and the other the other part of that is it just, um, that just that for that class of horse so imperatory. Is that Levin classic form? I mean, amazing, really. And he just went over and grew another league uh, with moods. And, yeah, there's so much we could talk about, Mark. I'm curious before, you mentioned Baz, and, and the Aussies, they are just, you've got to keep an eye on them. So when you were going through this negotiating period and learning about the slots and how it works, and a lot of it goes way over my head, how big was the range of what people were expecting? Like, were, were you were you picking some calls up and going, gee, mate, this bloke's off it? <laughs> like, that's, you know, were there any of those moments where you were like, have a spell? Yeah, you could put it that way, Louis,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there definitely was. And, look, I honestly think, you know, like, uh, you know, who knows? But, you know, like, uh, you know, I suppose when he became when he won the when he won the T.J. Smith and he could, and he could, and he proved that he could that he could um, perform under any track conditions, there was another feather uh, you know in his in his bow sort of thing. So I suppose at the end of the day, if you know you put the shoe you put the shoe on the on the other foot sort of thing, and and you were sitting there as as a slot holder, it would be like crikey, let's get let's get let's try and get hold of well, I wish I win as soon as we can, you know. So there was certainly a bit of let's say that pressure. Um, um, you know like it felt like you're in a, once again in, in, in a race that that who could get there first sort of thing um, but as I say we just sat there and, and went through it and, and it was a massive part of the learning process um, bit of advice from from um, from outside as well and you know people that have been involved in the past but certainly um, i think I think the best thing that we did was just take our take our time because look what opportunity came along and uh, look you know we're just so proud to be working basically is, is heading forward with I Wish I Went to the Everest basically as Team New Zealand, you know. Um, you know, the New Zealand racing industry with with Entain and Trackside, it's just, you know, like it's, just a, it's just a fantastic fit. And, you know, you go along to those races, obviously, we've, 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 we haven't done the Everest before, but been to these big races before and you get so hyped up and sometimes you get a bit disappointing when you don't win, obviously. But, you know, like already, I just feel as though this, this, this occasion mm. just has such an aura it's an incredible feeling
0: yeah I totally agree well I, I think we're going to be able to do a really good job i mean and that's the other part of it the partners you've got involved in and it, don't worry don't think for a second at snz we're just not going to be pumping this up every single day cannot wait for it mark hey um before we let you go you've got obviously Bill, ocean park tavachi all doing super jobs what are you hearing about the super Seths?
1: Yeah, no, the breakers are really, really happy with them. You know, a couple of the trainers have had them through their um, stables already. A couple of the Sydney trainers let them go down the straight. Just sort of educational, obviously. Um, mm. But certainly they are all just saying great brains, great movers, you know. so um, And that's sort of what we were experiencing as foals and then into the yelling prep and that sort of thing. And that's what he's like. So, um, you know, he's certainly one thing I'm wrapped with. He's leaving a real type like himself, you know. So, you know, it's really exciting.
0: Beautiful stuff. All right, go enjoy your last uh, couple of days down here in the south, mate. Uh, soak it and I'm sure there have been plenty of celebrations already, but looking forward to following the, the journey with you guys. So all the best, Mark. Appreciate yep. it.
1: Great, guys. And just before we go, uh, I think it's five past six, Sydney. We will rock. Um, keep a close eye on that one today. Um, yeah. Doesn't like leading and has been beaten twice. Won't lead today. There you go.
0: Oh, former Guy Lowry now up there. Um, we will rock. We'll watch that closely. There you go. Even just drop a little morsel as he leaves. That's Mark Chittick, Waikato stud. What a story, Matt.